This episode is powered by Poddex. What up, fanboys and fangirls and non-binaries? It's time once again for Talking Pop, the podcast and all things pop culture. I'm your host, Stefan Chies. Of course, Biko will be joining me soon a little bit. But I want to touch base of, I don't know if you guys watch professional wrestling, um, if you're into WWE or AEW or, you know, pretty much, you know, any professional wrestling, like Impact Wrestling and stuff. Yeah, um, of course, at the time of this recording, SummerSlam is pretty much... Upon us at the time of this recording, um, it's gonna be on later tonight. This time it's Saturday, of course. Um, but you know the big thing that was going on all this week was will this individual show up? Because you know how AEW last week launched their new Friday program, Rampage, which took about an hour, about nine o'clock, ten o'clock, nine o'clock Central, ten o'clock Eastern. You know because TNT has a lot of TV. AEW, you know, three years now. It'll be three years, I think, in September. I think it'll be three years. Now, and being a startup wrestling company bought by, you know, by Tony Khan, who, you know, knows investing. He's a wrestling fan. He grew up, he, he's a wrestling fan and have faith on these other wrestlers, um, guys that you probably won't see in WWE or being not used properly creative wise in WWE. We're able to put in their creativity to bring these matches to bring, you know, wrestling back into the fold. And, you know, I'm starting to lean towards more AEW than WWE. I mean, I still keep up NXT, but now with the whole changes with NXT and stuff, about now they want to take away their focus away from like the indie darlings of you know small guys. Now apparently Vince is now bringing that philosophy again of bring the big men again, the land of the big men again. Which to me, oh come on, doesn't work. You need you need agility. Especially what these these professional wrestlers do, they have to put their bodies on the line. But they have to have the agility and the stamina to do these matches. Now, when things finally open up, you know they're, start, they're starting to tour again. And you know, I've been leaning towards more AEW. I started watching more like Dark Elevation on Mondays, you know, Dark on Tuesdays on YouTube, and of course Dynamite. I'm sorry, keep up with that. I've been keeping up with AEW since it started. So I'll be keeping up with all the storylines. Of course, you know. A lot of the wrestlers have their vlogs. It's kind of cool to show that they have, like, AEW's wrestler looks more happy. It's like they get to do their own vlogs. They're not restricted by, you know, WWE when it comes to, like, doing their Twitch or doing things, you know, creative-wise outside of wrestling. So they get to work on their own things. And what is cool about AEW, they get to work with, like, other promotions. So, like, they let, like, Tony Khan lets the talent, you know, their contract with AEW. He still lets them do, like, shows with other, like, you know, federations with, like, Impact Wrestling or... National and NWA as well, and even with AAA wrestling, because I know the weekend before, um, Kenny Omega defended his title, uh, his AAA um, Mega Championship title against Andrade Idolo in Mexico, so at Triple Mania, and of course, um, Andrade introduced Ric Flair as his manager, of course, because Ric Flair, you know, asked for his release from WWE, um, now Ric Flair, and then and today I just find out that Ric Flair will be appearing on the anniversary episode of NWA. Power, so Ric Flair will be there, and of course, Ric Flair, being a 16-time world champion, you know, got a start in National Wrestling Alliance, you know, and of course, with Jim Crockett Promotions, WCW, and all that, and of course, you know, Kenny Omega being the belt collector, and of course, um, Christian Cage is the Impact Champion, and of course, um, 
He retired the TNA Championship apparently on um, on Impact yes on Thursday because that that belt was brought in just more like a prop, so now it's just the Impact Championship. And I guess he's defending against Sammy Cam- uh, Brett Myers, who formerly known as I forgot his name in in um, WWE, but yeah, so. I forgot his name, but I know him as Brad Myers, and of course he's got Matt Cardona as his buddy. So, um, so that's cool. Like Christian, because like they let like it, he lets Tony Khan with all this relationship between all these federations. It's like, like almost like the reemergence of the National Wrestling Alliance again, because that's how it was back in the days of professional wrestling. You know, the National Wrestling Alliance was the governorship of all like the all the territories, and like I'm seeing next generation, and of course WWE wants to stay with WWE. But don't get me wrong, WWE to me. If, it's like AEW is being. It's more towards the more uh, older audience versus you know WWE was still up trying to appeal for family. It's still trying to keep itself PG. While AEW is like more for like the true you know professional wrestling fans who grew up on the Attitude Era. So this is like the Attitude Era for the next generation. But now with the powers of social media and YouTube, they can get more views. They get more content. They get more other wrestler, more talent on that on that you know on AEW. They get more time to shine because you're not you know the young bucks don't have to be in every episode. Kenny Omega doesn't have to have so because they have backstage roles. They got roles backstage, but it gives like the other talent time to you know put themselves out there, get themselves noticed on television. So to keep that in mind, all week there's been like rumors about this particular wrestler making his appearance at AEW Rampage. And while I like the way AEW was doing it, um, when I get to that wrestler name, because last night AEW Rampage was at the United Center for the first dance. Of course, they were filming Dark as well. But um, when we get to that show, because, and to give hints, what I like about AEW when it comes to like, you know, reveals and stuff, they try to keep it as subtle as they can. Um, they do like little Easter eggs, like building up who's coming. Or you could be like Malachi Black, who was formerly Alistair Black in WWE, decided to do as soon as he got his contract expired and his no no competing clause expired, he ended up, you know, making a little teaser video the night, you know, the day, the morning of his debut at AEW, which we didn't know he was going to go to AEW. We were talking about it, but it wasn't confirmed yet. So he did, like, Malachi Black does this video of it and pretty much, you know, and pretty much is like, you know, baiting, throwing bash at WWE for being stuck for almost like five years, being shackled, per se. And now he gets the... Then when he finally got his push, all of a sudden, oh, we're going to release it because of budget cuts. No, you just didn't have nothing for these... To me, it's like, oh, you're claiming it's budget cuts, but come on, WWE never lost money. You guys reported... WWE reported, recorded profits last year because of merchandise sales. They were still making merch. Because kids were... Because like I said, WWE wants to go more with kids. AEW was still going strong. They were still going fine with the merchandise and stuff. They were still working and stuff. And, yeah, they had to adapt to the pandemic and all that stuff. But they're just going strong. So, getting to my point. So, I decided, you know what? I'm going to check out Rampage. Like I said, I've been starting watching AEW more weekly again. And, of course, keeping up with the programs. Um, And I was excited because the wrestler that was coming back. Because Tony Khan teased it on Twitter about the biggest announcement that was going to come. That was going to change up. The era of AEW. And of course, the big talks of what this wrestler was going to show up tonight. Because it was in Chicago at the United Center. Which has not seen any professional wrestling in a very on television for a very, very long time. I know WWE did a house show there. And that's all they did. One house show because they always do at the All-State Arena. 
But the last time I was was used for any wrestling was back in the day when WCW days during Monday Night Nitros or pay-per-views were at the United Center. So, as soon as I turned on Rampage, and, you know, I watched SmackDown. Just to let you guys know, I watched SmackDown because, you know, it was the go-home show. It was building up to SummerSlam. You know, it was built up the go-home show, go home show. And, you know, it left with, you know, Roman Reigns and John Cena having their final confrontation leading up to their match tonight. So, to Jordan Rampage. Jordan Rampage, and pretty much, you know, it was freaking United Center was packed as hell. And, of course, the big name that I'm going to mention right now is CM Punk. was mentioned because there were rumors that CM Punk was a possibility deal going on with AEW. Because it was, it was like, you know, I, like I said, I read a lot of, like, you know, the reports, like, dirty dirt sheets. They call, they call them dirt sheets where you can find out what's going on and stuff because promotion. Uh, and, of course, Punk, playing smart, kept it, you know, on the download when it came online and socials and stuff. You know, because he was working on Heels at the show with Stephen Amell. That's on Stars, And, you know, okay. You know, and then he posted, like, you know... 5 11, 21 which people were thinking all oh, those are is that a date but no it was I figured it out that pretty much it meant years pretty much you know 2005 was you know the summer of punk during Rio of Honor 2011 was the summer of punk during WWE so 21 which is this year was teasing the possible summer of punk 3 or 2021 and I was hoping, you know, and I was talking, I was sharing, you know, messages with my Uncle Sal, who, you know, he, got, he was on a podcast before, and we talked, we had that one episode that we talked nothing about wrestling, and, you know, he's like, we'll see if your guy shows up. I'm like, hopefully they'll show up, because, I mean, it's in Chicago. It's sold out. And everyone knows he's from Chicago. And I was afraid if he didn't show up, dude, the, the place was going to go nuts. And the kids you not. As soon as I turn it on and after Rampage is opening and stuff, they cut to the arena. You know, there's JR, Mark Henry, Taz, and, and you know, Excalibur. You know, they're calling commentary. They're at the commentary table. Um, all of a sudden, everyone starts chanting CM Punk. It was, like I said, the loudest chant for CM Punk that... And of course, ever since he left WWE in 2014, people were still chanting his name throughout everywhere they went because, of, you know, that's what happened. You know, he got burnt out. WWE pretty much misused him, forced him to work on day when he was barely recovering from injuries. Pretty much, they promised him everything he could if they did if he did favors for them, but never paid him back. Never gave him his due. Never gave him time to recover. Never let him give his ideas. You know, it's like, all right, I can see why he got burned out, why he lost his passion for professional wrestling, and why he left. You know, and and my hope was like, like I said, I've been, like I said, I was like, as soon as he left, I was still watching WWE, but to me, it was like it, it was starting to me, it was starting to be not the same, and it was starting to be like what CM Punk predicted when he did the pipe bomb and ten years ago, how. I don't know. The company's getting to that point. It's like, I don't know. It's like Vincent Man still has final say when it comes to anything creative. He's trying to go back to the old ways again. Trying to revamp NXT back to the, like how 
he did WWE back in the 80s, which really does not make sense for this time. It's like, like, like let Triple H run down, because they were doing a good job so far, but of course, because they couldn't be AEW. That's not, I think that's the reason to think. And now you let all this talent go, and now this talent has an opportunity to go somewhere else. Get the use of themselves creative. And luckily, they have the, like, YouTube and stuff and social platforms to, you know, you know, build their creativity with kind of characters. So now, going to quick question. So CM Punk, right? Like I said, there have been rumors going around. Was he going to make his appearance? Was he going to make his appearance at Rampage? Because there's little teasers. Because I think um, Punk was doing like a CFC commentary and he had like a pin or something. And people were being eagle-eyed, just saying, oh, he's wearing, like, a Chicago Bulls-style lapel pin with his name and the XX on it. And thinking, oh, Chicago Bulls, that's his United Center. Of course, Tony Khan. Even, like, Kenny Omega, you know, like, Kenny Omega or Bumbucks. And then, of course, when Darwin at Darby Allen did that promo about best in the world. And, or when Kenny Omega on Dynamite had the shirt that said Chick Magnet. Originally, when CM Punk started wrestling... The CM originally stand for Chick Magnet because he was part of a tag team called the Chick Magnets. Back when he was starting in Indies. So, and I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> so, I turn on Rampage, like going back to Rampage, and I'm sitting there on my couch, sitting on the couch, you know, just waiting, anticipating, then you hear the crowd change his name. I'm like, dude, if something doesn't happen, Tony- I was hoping, like, was Tony Khan was making us, and-, and Tony Khan barely, rarely does appearances on television. Because he's normally back there. He's not the on-screen authority figure. He's just back there, you know. He's he's producing the show, you know. He's, you know, head of the creative, but he's, you know, he's back there. Most of the time, he's more of a hands-on type of owner, so, CEO. So, it's like, and I'm thinking, if it's true or not, if he doesn't show up, you know, I'm surprised. I was, I was imagining what the, what the United States is going to be like if he didn't show up. Because I'm afraid they're going to write it. <laughs> Especially when you're, you got a full-capacity show... It was like 15,000 people in the United Center for a wrestling, for a professional wrestling event. So, yeah, for like 10 minutes, people were chanting his name. And then, of course, the the stack noise played. And, of course, Living Colors, Cult of Personality comes on. And it's funny because AEW started following the group. Even, like, the band themselves were, like, talking about it as well. And all of a sudden, the graphics change, and there he was, CM Punk, and he came out. And believe me, you could tell, like, seven years, man, seven years removed from professional wrestling. And, you know, he kneeled down on the ramp, you know, soaked it all in. You know, it was like taking it all in because I bet you what, I was watching, I was, we'll, t- we'll get more. Because I do want to play a little audio clip just to, sh- just to share you guys, you know, people that I didn't watch Rampage last night. Just a little audio clip of like the reaction, like the big pop that he got when his music hit. Because these are guys like me, and I saw people still have the CM Punk shirts. I the funny thing is, when CM Punk, you know, left WWE, I still have his shirts. I still maintain his shirts because I was hoping one day he would come back to wrestling. But you know, I was hoping, yeah, if he doesn't come back to WWE, where is he gonna go? Because that back then, when he left in 2014, there wasn't that many wrestling promotions. I mean, yeah, there was Lucha Underground, there was Impact Wrestling, there was New Japan was still going around, but. The choices here in the U.S. were very limited. Like, I don't know if he was going to go to Impact. I mean, where else was he going to go? So, yeah, Ring of Honor still around and pretty much, you know, like that. But, yeah, I was blown away. <laughs> I was in shock. And, like, everybody else in that crowd, they were cheering. They were going crazy. 
you know, just looking, looked at, and looking in his eyes, he was like, you know, I'm home. You know, I'm back. You know, I'm home. You know, I was burnt out by the previous place. As we all feel like, you know, when you're working a job, that you feel you're being exploited. Um, you're yeah, being. You're being, you know, exploited or, you know, you feel burnt out, that you feel your voice is not being heard. That's how he felt. It's like he felt when he was stuck in WWE, like he was he was being stifled creatively. He was made to wrestle dates that he already had time off schedule for, for like to heal from injuries. And I mean, he was given, he was, they promised him to do the, these things. He promises things which it didn't fall through, and and he wasn't going to take it anymore. He was burnt out. It's like you lose your passion for it. And of course, I was happy when he came back to Doty backstage when they had the talk show a couple years ago. Until you know, COVID kind of canceled it. And that was surprising because Fox decided to bring him in. And I think that and he and when I was watching the post conference with him and uh, Tony Khan, he mentioned that Renee Paquette, who you know in Doty is Renee Young, was the one who she was the one who decided to bring him in. To the backstage crew because he, she felt that he has a lot of insight and stuff, and of course you know, it still lasted for a while and then of course it got canceled because of the pandemic, and, and of course he, he you know I mean like CM Punk like you know he did one of the smart things he kept saving his money and he was doing other projects like he tried to you know pursue his other creative efforts you know comic books films you know TV shows. For later, dude. But no, well. It's just one. Okay. All right. So, yeah, going back to that, yeah, it was during the project. Like I said, the last thing I remember when <laughs> I remember a few months ago, we'll get more into CM Punk with Jeremy because I want to show you. I want to show you guys the audio clip. But going back, you know, when CM was like, "Oh, CM Punk's back in the ring," but he's filming the show. You know, he's filming the the show Heels because CM, you know, after being on Arrow, he and his brother were making the show called Heels because. Everyone knows Stephen Mel is a wrestling fan, but he wanted to make this show called Heels, where it's about like two brothers. Obviously, you know, he plays a character that like he's the face, and his brother, I think his younger brother, plays like a heel in their little wrestling promotion. And it looks kind of cool. It's on Stars, but I have Stars on Encore, so I don't think I'll be able to get that show. But let me know if you guys think of that show. And I guess he had CM Punk come on there. Yeah, CM Punk plays like a character on there, like a wrestler on there. And I wonder if that kind of, like, got him his itch in there as well. Because I think they brought, like, performer wrestlers on that show, on that program. It's a TV show, but just to have, like, consultation or to help out with, like, bumps and stuff. I wonder if that kind of, like, you know, brought his passion back. And and then, based on the press conference, like, Tony Khan said, he was not trying to force him to come to AEW. And, like, Punk, you know, he made a good analogy, like... He's waiting to see how it goes because, like I said, AEW is barely starting in 2019, and then of course the pandemic. And he made a point: Why should I make my debut if there's nobody around? There's no fans. It's like he wanted to wait until there were fans because he wanted to see what kind of reaction the fans will give him because it's like being gone for seven years. And you know, Tony Khan and him kept in touch over a year and a half. He said about almost like two years they kept in contact with each other, and they were going over ideas and stuff. And apparently, the idea. Of you know, Rampage came out, but it was an idea for Punk that told Tony Khan, like, hey, let's do it. That You know, you want, you guys love Chicago, pretty much all in, which was previously started by Cody Rhodes and Young Bucks, pretty much launched AEW, basically, because it was like a pilot almost. 
and they always credit Chicago for being, you know, the birth of AEW. Um, even though AEW is headquartered in Jacksonville, but they he Punk told Tony Khan, "Hey, let's do Indy United. Let's do a building that hasn't had any wrestling in a long time." And case in point, United Center. So they decided to do the show, and that was the plan. And like I said. Dude, it's like, you know, Punk did the promo, which, like I said, hopefully I could play some of that as well. <laughs> so then we get flag right now. I'm watching, like, this up, up, down, down homecoming thing right now. And they're having, like, a... We're the next up, up, down champion they have in the program. But, yeah, so I wanted to, you know, start off this episode, just talk about last night. Um, pretty much, you know, and then we're going to go over, like, we decided to dust out the old pod decks and see what topic we want to talk about today but i want to give you my reaction pretty much my hot take on it so a little bit we'll see if i can play some audio of the reaction to cm punk making his debut at all elite wrestling so uh, i'll just hold off for this so let me go ahead and play you the clip of course with youtube like ads suck but uh, it's easy to take time but let me see if i can Skip this real quick, and then we'll... I'll put the volume up so you guys can hear it. Oh, alright, here we go. It's the reaction of that crowd. <laughs> Seven years. He looks good. He's got that Michael Jordan. He's got that Bulls with him. Where's his son? He's here, right? No, this was last night. United Center, dude. This is at the United Center. In Chicago. And that, that sweater he's wearing, that hoodie, that's his dog in the back. His dog? Yeah. 
Aww. Look at that, are dude. People are cheering. Are you serious? Dude, this is like if Michael jo This is how it felt like if Michael Jordan went, came no, back to the Bulls. No, it's not. Dude, when did you see a big crowd reaction in the United Center for that, dude? A biggest pop like that since the Bulls won the championship. When the Hawks won a championship? When the Hawks won a championship, but, <laughs> dude. No, come on. No, I don't, I don't, I understand the elation and stuff, but, may, like, grown men crying is one thing. Like, <laughs> Look, it's on actually the 2076 days. Seven years, dude. Seven years removed. That's a while, yeah. But, like, the, the, the grown man guy was just crying like crazy. See, awesome, okay. Yeah. And the funny thing is, they had the shirt. He's got yeah, some, that's the new logo on this the shirt they came out with for him. Look at that. The Chicago flag says "Welcome Home." Not going punk. Well, but like I said, this is like, like I said, this thing was teased, and what AEW did a good job of teasing it. They just did like little Easter eggs, and people who were patrons AEW would have picked up on it, like. I was talking about Kenny Omega had like the shirt that said Chick Magnet. He has to know those guys. Yeah, it's some people that. Sure. No, that guy used to. Yeah, it's people that he knows that in the industry and stuff. They're like indie wrestlers or people, you know, it's Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor has a school in Chicago, so. He used to work every. CM Punk was in a Ring of Honor. That guy's mask was cool. It looked like the Hannibal Electric thing. Oh, yeah, that's like. Uh, I think that's like. His family members. <laughs> Oh, that's like his family member. He was hugging his family members and friends. Oh mm -hmm. Like his family members and stuff, so. Yeah, it's like his family members and stuff. But like I said, yeah. Because they, they did a good job of teasing his return. Like, they kept it, you know, it kept it, you know, quite as much they can. He did like a promo for like he did like a nine minute promo since the show was like an hour, but he'll talk more on Wednesday. But so I guess he's back. Yeah, and they asked like I watched the the press conference with him and Tony Khan, and a lot of the reporters kept asking, you know, is it a part time deal? Is it, you know like you know how to do part timers? Like he's like, no, I'm here for I'm a AEW guy. I'm here for the long run. That's some money, man. It's good because they don't do that many dates. What's cool with the AEW? What well, I was talking earlier, like, AEW lets their talent, you know, they can work with other promotions. That's what it is. They can work. They all work together. Like, now, I, I also think what helps is it's been, what, a year, two years now that this shit's been out? AEW, yeah, this is the, I think this coming not this coming month will be their third year, because I think they debuted in September, mm -hmm. so it'll be their third year. This is a startup company. This is a startup wrestling company. Right, but what I mean is, like, that's two years, You're you see that they have some legs under them. Now they got, they can start bringing in some talent because they see that the obviously the, you saw the United Center it's fucking packed so like they have the money now coming in so where they can provide big shows like that so they can compete because uh, Bill Burr had that one guy on his on his episode last Thursday it was a wrestling guy who does indie circuits and now he's on AEW a, I don't know he was talking about the different things and like I don't know how he knows a Bill but like that he was explaining that how like. How to create a product. It's, um, it's going into another, what it, what it plays out to be another somewhat of a golden era again of when there was, which is just um, asterisks to where it means like competitive, their competition is now being able to take on the big, the big league. 
So it's like yeah. it's good to see that there's competition there and then it's challenging. And what I like about this here, what I do like do about this is because they do wins and losses count and they're yeah. ranked. They do rankings every like month. They do a rank of which wrestlers up. That 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 way they determine the rankings to see who will be next in line for the championship, which is cool. That's what I said. Wins and losses count in AEW, and they do rankings. So that's so cool. And then you got talents that guys you don't expect competing for a championship. We had Jungle Boy Jack Perry, like a couple months ago, face Kenny Omega for the AEW championship. He got his title shot, and he's so over right now. Um, and of course with CM Punk, um, like this conference, he's like, I'm here because I want to work with the young talent. I want to help these guys get over. I want to, you know, you know, hang with the guys. There's a few guys, you know, I would like to wrestle that I didn't get a chance to wrestle back in the day. But he want, he sees this young talent, like, and the way how Tony Khan, you know, lets these wrestlers, you know, be able to bring out the creative juices. Like, and he even says, I don't have to be on every show. Like, he's like, Kenny Omega, the young books are not on every show. Because it gives other talent chances, time to shine themselves on TV. That's why they have like dark, dark elevation, like these shows on YouTube. They give the other talents time to, you know, practice their craft, see what they can do, you know. And when Punk was saying that, he said backstage, it's a fun atmosphere. There's no finger pointing, no critiquing. Everyone's helping each other out. Well, he's, got, he's just got the job, man. <laughs> no, but. I don't think he's going to talk shit about it when he just walked in. No, he said compared to. What he went through. Right. I mean, and that's good that they're bringing in guys who could bring prestige, the, the fame that they already had over there that worked for them, but it's, it's and at least in this guy's case, it was working against him for no apparent reason that he earned or merited. So it's just like, if, if you go to a place or an organization that just lets you do your thing and watch that, like, doesn't hurt creativity... You're gonna see success from that mm-hmm. if, obviously, if the create if the idea is taken and it's executed well. So yeah, like, like yeah, and that's what helps them right now is because you have like I don't even have to watch wrestling to know that WWE sucks. It's, no, that's what I was saying right now. So like that's what I mean. Like it's more towards family. Like this, to me, this is more for wrestling when we used to watch back in the day. It's back right. to like the Attitude Era when it used to be for older audiences because that's what AEW is. It's more towards older audiences. Versus WWE, they still want to appeal to the family that they still want to keep it PG. But that's why, what it's funny, I just think it, it just, it speaks bad about WWE because it just makes them look weak. Because they keep saying, oh, we don't see AEW's competition. Well, that's what I mean, it makes them look weak because you had guys who work for your organization. And then you let them go. Which is not unlike, unlikely to happen in other places, it happens. Like, you kind of take what you've learned from this business that's successful, mm-hmm. go off, and then make your own shit happen. And yeah. in this case, since McMahon hangs out with other people who have inflated egos, it only makes sense that the guy who's been doing it for 30 years is going to rest on his laurels. So now you see him having to reach back to the playbook, which I'm sure will work. But the bad thing is, is I... No, to me, like, going back to the land of the big man's not going to work. Old dead guys. Just going to bring back old guys. Or part-timers who are always there for, like... Yeah. I mean, I'm not disrespecting Goldberg or anything. Goldberg, you know... That's right. He's a part-timer. And to me, like, I understand... It's like you have all this other talent and you decide to let them go because you claim budget reasons. It's because you guys didn't have anything for them creative wise you didn't have nothing you better have him sit back in catering and do nothing and keep pushing the same guys it was just don't get me wrong about John Cena that's the reason why I think I don't think it was John Cena's call to come back even John Cena's interviews he doesn't need to come back there's a lot of 10 you know I think it was 
Vince was desperate to the point. Let's bring the guy who pretty much became the face of WWE after, you know, Stone Cold retired. Rock went to Hollywood. Hogan was pretty much on his last legs. So, John Cena basically was kind of like, not my, our generation, but the next generation's like Hogan, basically. Let's bring him back. But at the same time, it's like, you have all this young talent. What's the point of having NXT if you're not going to train these guys and push them? And you still want to push, like, Randy Orton. You have to rely on Randy Orton. You got to rely on Rey Mysterio. You got to rely on your veterans to help keep your product relevant instead of, you know, the young up-and-coming talent who honestly gets more views. It's like with SummerSlam tonight, it's like I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks again because they did a great match at WrestleMania. They were one of the top matches. It was one of the top-ranked matches by ESPN. They ranked it as, like, match of the year. And it's like... And, of course, John Cena and Roman Reigns. I understand. Because you got rid of a lot of time. Because, like I said, budget cuts because of the pandemic. But it's funny because WWE, uh-huh. even though they're a publicly traded company, reported profits, which I don't know what they mean by budget cuts. It's like, I don't know. But I only like WWE. Budget cuts is they don't want to pay them anymore. No. That's what a budget cut is. You just don't want to throw your money at that person anymore. So. If you're not going to use them, let them go. But it sucks. It's like a lot of these towns have to wait like, you know, 90 day no compete because of their contracts. Mm-hmm. They have to wait for like 90 days. So they have to wait 90 days until they could go over to the promotion. What happened was, I was talking about Malachi Black, who's Tommy N in the Indies, Dutch wrestler, really great. I love his promos. And I've seen his old matches like it. in uh, in Europe. Dude, that dude kicks like crazy. And they used him, in, he was great in NXT, but when he got to the main roster, it was like they sacked him creative wise. And then. Takes a break. They bring him back. They were going to try to push him. All of a sudden, oh, he gets released. But the only thing that screwed him up was his, he was still on the old NXT contract, which only had a 30-day non-compete clause if he gets released. So, 30 days. You know what he does? If I would, there were talks that he might go to AEW. There were talks only online. When they you know the smart thing he did? Happening. The smart thing he did was he made a teaser video on the day he was making his appearance somewhere. About and it was a cool video, dude. You gotta check it out. It's online. I think it's under his channel. But it was really cool. No, it was on his Instagram. He put he posted a video on his Instagram of what his character was gonna be. And he finally made his appearance in AEW. And then you have Andrade Iridolo. Andrade who, you know, was called La Sombra when he was in New Japan for wrestling. Lucha Libre wrestler, you know, lost his rights to his mascara. Because you know in in Mexico and Lucha Libre they once you lose your mask, one, if you ever lose a mask, uh, mascara match, mascara contra mascara, or mask versus mask match, you can't put that mask no more. You're like, it's basically you lose that privilege. And he became Andrade Iridolo. So, and they, they, and same thing, he got staffed by Creative. They had nothing for him. You know what he does? He, he asked for his release. And he waited too. He waited until his, like, non compete clause ended. And look where he is. He's at AEW. And look at this, they bring him they pair him with Chavo Guerrero. Just they just gave scraps. So it's like, you know And like this, it's like like I said, with and then they're all and then like Tony Khan's asking about I think one of the one of the questions asked him on the podcast cover because it's both him and CM Punk on there. Like, whose idea was it for like you know having this show at United Center? And they're like it was him and Punk. So it was pretty. He's like, I give credit all to CM Punk. That was his idea because we were talking about it for a year and a half, you know. And Punk said, 
I'm just dipping my feet into the pool again. Like, I'm trying to get back on the bike again, basically, he's saying. Because they ask him, like, how's your, yo, your shape, your, mm-hmm. your ring shape? He's like, I got, I got, I'm so working. He's like, the only thing, I haven't been in the ring in a while. It's been a long time, but I've been, like, working out in my basement. But give me two weeks, you know, he's going to try to get, you know, himself, you know, uh, to, like, run the ropes again. You know, do everything. He's like, I'm not going to do anything new, you know, keep the same style and what I'm used to. Um... But he said that him and Tony kept getting touched for over a year and a half. And that there was no rush. Like, Tony did not put pressure on me. He didn't put pressure on me, but we bounced ideas back and forth. And he, Tony felt that, was a, that I didn't do my debut last year because at the time there was no audiences. And if you want to make a debut, you do it in front of fans. And, oh, yeah. that, and then opportunity came. And then Tony Khan's like, yeah, opportunity came that the United Center was available on a Friday. Yeah. And they took advantage of it. And they were allowed to have fans. That dude was packed. You saw the video clip. That dude, that place was packed. And and to me, that last night, I was like, I I was like, holy shit! It's like back ten years ago when I first saw him. (laughs) I think I went back to my twenty-six-year-old self, (laughs) basically. Um, when he came out with that pipe bomb, because he brought me back to professionalism. Because that time I was burnt out from it. Because you know, Stone Cold was my dude. He, he had a retired due to injuries. Rock was my second. He went to go do movies. I mean, Trubitz was still there, but he, I wasn't more of a follower. I'm like, who else was there? And it was the same dude. Big dudes were champions. You know, little dudes get, like, stifled. And this came along with CM Punk. He was a different. He was a different mold. He was a different type of wrestler who wasn't too big. And, you know, wasn't the, the traditional look of a professional wrestler. Because he was different. And then when he did the pipe bomb, that brought me back in, and I started watching all his matches. And of course, he left in 2014 because, based on what he said, and like when he was on the podcast with Cobain, when he talked about everything, what did it to him, creative wise, health wise? And, and then I'll show you after after we do this recording, I'll show you the, his promo because he talked about a little bit. Even though it was a nine minute promo, he talked about what, how he was feeling and stuff. But yeah, but I don't know, dude. Like to me. It's getting to the point, Dodie's getting to the point, they're probably end up selling, the, selling off the company, probably. <laughs> because, Maybe. I don't know, there's rumors going around. I just saw this, someone on Twitter shared it. Apparently, Nick Khan, who's like the president of financials for WWE, like supposedly, it's a rumor that possibly repairing, possibly repairing WWE to be sold off. I don't know if it's true or not, but there's been talks, there's rumors. I mean, hey, they sold their streaming rights to Peacock. Yeah, I mean... They're trying to get money. But it's like... To me, that's why I'm starting to watch more AEW. It's like AEW's trying to... Um, AEW's pretty much bringing my love for wrestling back again. Because they got a lot of good talent. You saw me on watching the dark matches. You saw me on watching on YouTube. So you saw me watching Dynamite. You probably... You glanced over and... You see how it's like... Story-wise, how they're doing it. It's more organically... It's organically paced. And you see the agility with the with the athletes, you know, the wrestlers. You're like the way they're moving in the ring and stuff, and just the reaction they wait for the crowd and stuff. It's like back in the day. Come on, we had Chris Jericho compete like what, a couple weeks, a few weeks ago. Chris Jericho competing in a death match with Nick Gage, who's notorious for hitting opponents with broke with light tubes, and coming with a pizza cutter. And that guy came off of a death match style against Matt Cardona in Florida to come in AEW to help out. And, you know, with Jericho. It's like, that's crazy. And Jericho put himself on the line for that. 
And this is Chris Jericho who does music. Does a podcast. So it's like, and he's helping out AEW as much as cans everyone. So, yeah, sorry, we just got off to like almost like a 40 minute conversation about wrestling, but based on this ad, like this atmosphere is like to me, it's like, like I said, WWE stock to me is going down, AEW's on the rise. And I don't see AEW stopping. Now that we got their second program on Fridays, and what I like about that, they only do pay per views like, I think only like four Sundays a year. They do pay per views, that's it. So they don't do like, and uh, like I said, they give their wrestlers time to heal and stuff. Because even Punk was talking about the press conference, like he's like Tony like lets these guys you know rest when they need to rest. They don't have to be on every show. They're guaranteed contracts. They get paid regardless. Yeah. They're not rested. Like they have a family emergency, lets them go. And like, to me, what was cool was when Brody Lee, because they mentioned Brody Lee, great wrestler, sucked. He passed away last year. Like he was sick, but Brody Lee was so like. Probably about his illness, but he let people know he was sick. Like, he let his friends know, but let Tony know that he needs time out to recover. And, dude, that tribute show they did last year for him was, like, like two years Like, last year was great to really, like, how much of an impact that wrestler had on everybody in the locker room and everything. And how they all came together for that. Versus WWE, where they pretty much, oh, they just show a video thing, that's it. They just show a picture of them, the year, that's it. This is AEW. They actually put on a whole show for dedicates there. And that's kind of cool. Sometimes they'll have um, Brody's son comes on there for like I think in certain instances when you know he's not in school. That's weird. No, because he has technically he has a when he turns eighteen, his contract becomes you know active. Oh. But Tony kind of gave him like an actual preempted contract. But if he decides to go wrestling, he turns eighteen, he can wrestle AEW. Hmm. But it's a kid that grew around her. You know, which was that? Cool, a bit of a guaranteed job, right? When you're 18, that's kind of yeah. nice. But yeah, and like I said, I want to talk about people think like, and I look at talk about. He's like a dude that pretty much like hangs out with the guys, like the boys or something. Like he's he he's that kind of like a Michael Scott, pretty much. Looks out for his workers. He kind of reminds me of Michael Scott from the office. So yeah, I know we get out for wrestling right now. Uh, one thing, um, like I said, I was going back. Um, we haven't checked out these um, pod decks right now. We decided, to, you know, we picked out like four little topics for like what we got. And I think the one that you picked, Beagle, was questions I will ask a famous person on the podcast. Mm-hmm. What do you get off? <laughs> so, I don't know. Think of a celebrity that if we ever had him on the podcast, what kind of question you ask? I would get Trump. Um, <laughs> I'd get Trump so I could talk to him. Yeah, because I, I, I feel like right now, which is strange, is uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if even... That's weird that they don't even te- televise, like, his... Uh, well, they probably stream his stuff on some website, but, like... I'm surprised that he hasn't went out on the pod circuit and started talking shit about certain things. I'm surprised, like, his team hasn't told him to do that just yet. Maybe they just want to fan the flames. Because, like, there's still, like... People are still holding on strong, you know. Yeah. Every day I go to work, I see a billboard that shows you, and it's like, uh, just shows his votes, and then it shows like, you need to audit the vote. But like, I've always wondered why he hasn't gone around. Like, I mean, Obama and fucking Springsteen did a, a podcast for for Spotify, and it didn't really get good reviews because it was just very cringy. But uh, like, even he's going out there, even if it's a book. We know like he's not writing his own books, but even if. For someone that like 
served a pretty, um, what would you call it, pretty, uh, interesting fucking term as a president, you would think he'd be around doing, like, the book circuits or the pod circuits, trying to, like, I'm sure, like, he, he does articles and stuff where people write shit about him, because I know he wanted to start his own social media, but it didn't work out very well. Because like, remember, he's banned from pretty much all types of social media. Well, yeah, so, like, that's why he's like, oh, I'll just start my own, and he tried, and it didn't work out, like, mm-hmm. he, lack of funding, and then just down enough traffic to the site. So, like, I don't understand why we get these, like... The numbers of people who are supporting him, but then they also aren't showing support in other means. Like, especially for someone that was very vocal on a, a platform like Twitter, mm-hmm. um, I feel like he would be an interesting guest. Um, just how he's a recent president, I would I would like to talk to Obama too, but his years were definitely way different than Trump's. Um, and I think in this case, like there's. I feel like he's more of a loose cannon, considering that he's not as charismatic mm-hmm. um, or intelligent as Obama. I think people clearly see that. Mm-hmm. Um, in different ways, though. Intelligence means different things. So, like, he, Trump's intelligent in some way, and, and, I mean, and Obama's intelligent in other ways. So, like, I mean, to get to that point, dude, I, I, it's hard not to... I can't discredit that. Like, he fucking got to be the president of the United States. Yeah, because he was a businessman, basically. He was not a businessman. Yeah, so, like, from an observant standpoint, it's impressive to see, like, not even a businessman, dude. He got a loan. Like, he didn't manage his businesses successfully. Numerous bankruptcies. Numerous lawsuits that he's still under. Which maybe that prevents him from also doing the circuit, so I can understand that as well. Oh yeah, because Pius is exactly his legal yeah. team advises so like, him against it. I'm sure there's some there's some implications there, but he would be someone only because I have a curiosity as to why he hasn't done that comparative to other presidents. I mean, Bernie wasn't a president even even he was doing that. The he's like podcast for campaign, which I think helped him. Which mm-hmm. I don't understand why other um, politicians don't take advantage of that when they can obviously yeah. there's some who do but the ones that want to go for re-election they should fucking try it especially because you gotta I think if you want constituents to go up there to represent and you want people to hear what you're about what's the best way to do it go on a big platform like Rogan go on a big platform there's plenty of platforms even if you want to be on a conservative one that's the way to hear it if you want to hear from a, a democratic left side there's plenty of outlets out there like you even um and say for instance armchair expert i hear plenty of times he's getting former um administrative members on obama's cabinet uh biden's cabinet now you get people like malcolm gladwell who's an author like there's you get different people who do ex who do like have an expertise in a certain field and i think like people forget that you could also absorb knowledge and and try to stay up to date with some facts during through these sources mm-hmm. when you don't want to just sit there and read Vox or fucking whatever you get your news from. I think, or if you don't want to hear whatever Fox News is just giving you, if you want to hear the other side, there's plenty of that too. So like, I do. I feel someone like Trump kind of also gives us an unhinged view of the inside of how it really was. Because, like, all the other politicians, they kind of understand how that goes because they've been in the league. But you got someone who just partied with them, so to speak. 
just the amount of shit he has, I, I, it'd be interesting to talk about. Because, like, you always hear people talk about how charismatic he is, uh, charming and all this shit. And I'm like, alright, well, the best way to get to know someone is to sit in front of that person and coexist with them for a little while. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't get the full picture, which you shouldn't, you really never do, you should still, like... I feel that's the, one of the best chances you get to kind of build up your your sense of who that person is that you are interviewing. Um, but yeah, Trump would be one, and then Keith uh, Keith Richards is my second one. Would be a second celebrity yeah. to have like to talk, talk to. I want to like drink whiskey and smoke a joint with that guy. But like, say going back to like Trump and so like, what mm-hmm. kind of questions would you ask him? Like, if like I said, say for example, like for Keith Richards, like if we ever get a chance, like if you ever had an opportunity to interview him. What kind of questions will you ask him, Richard? Like, what would be the questions that, you know, you would ask him? Um, I would ask him a lot of stuff about the book, the mm-hmm. autobiography he has, because that's where, like, it, it really cemented how much I really adored him as a person, like, learning about him and his upbringing. It was very similar. We have very similar personalities, so I think, like, it would have matched well. But things I would ask is just kind of, like, how he felt to be... In such a successful band as like how he feels about being with the Stones, um, even during the the '60s British invasion, and like how that exploded with uh, the implied rivalry of the Beatles, but it wasn't really because they hung out all the time. Him and Paul were really close, so like I want to hear about all the like all the crazy drug stories he has, because like there's only some shared in the book, but like you don't get a, a big like just. Just to be a fly on the wall of some of the experiences he's had growing up. Um, but, like, he was... he The way he views things about the world, like, what built his certain perspective on how how to have... Like, for instance, he's really big on um, honor and loyalty within his friends. Like, he he takes, like, a good last bit of the chapters in the book to talk about his relationship with Mick Jagger. And kind of clears the air and why people have this weird, obstructive view on what they are like their what their relationship has been throughout these years the friendship and like the working relationship so like obviously those are two different things mm-hmm. um i'd love to learn about that and and just just even starting up as separate bands and and just learning more or less about what what gets him into what he feels is like a good guitar like like all the riffs he's come up with are pretty simple not simple but they're like they're very stylized in improvisations or improvisations and I love that shit when they do that because it's like just simple chord structures but he just plays around with them and it makes it I think there's more feel and soul into a into a track like that so just learning his musical theory and how he approaches it and then just that wild times of being in a successful band like that's it's unheard of and coming where he's from it was it seemed like he he figured it out very quickly and I'm always fascinated fascinated by people who found what they love what drives them and what they what they're good at like I love people who find that in some sort of lane um that fascinates me more about him as opposed to the interview with Trump like that's the that's more or less like how was it being in there but the other one is more of of a personal like um what's the word I'm looking for like a personal pursuit mm-hmm. of curiosity with Richards, at least. Okay. Um, I mean, for me, like, if we had an opportunity, 
If I had to interview somebody, like... I mean... Celebrity-wise? I'm trying to think of a name that... I would say, like, Robert Downey Jr. would probably be, to me, someone I would like to interview because, you know, for him, you know, going through, like, the 80s and, you know, during that time with the Brat Pack and stuff, at that time frame when, you know, he did all these movies and, you know, like, towards the 90s he got, you know, he had the problem with drugs and stuff and, you know, about his, like, his recovery, basically, you know. His, basically, his comeback, you know, like, I'm going to ask him, you know, how... You know, the road that he had, you know, how he was able to overcome, you know, his addictions and able, you know, find his, you know, his place back in the Hollywood spotlight again. In a more positive light versus a negative light, you know. Because remember, if you ever, like, if you guys remember late 90s, like, he was into, he was in legal troubles and, you know, the drug addiction and, you know. And, of course, John Favreau, who pretty much has a good relationship with Robert Downey Jr., um, helped him, you know, get his shit together pretty basically, you know, when John Fravo was picked up to direct Iron Man. Because there was talks, there were so many actors in line to play Tony Stark, but John Fravo said, no, I want Robert Downey Jr. to play Tony Stark. I'll stand by him, I want him to play Tony Stark. So I would ask, you know, Robert Downey Jr., like, how did it feel, you know, having the backing of John Fravo, who's not only your friend, but a director, like a fellow actor, but also director. How do you felt having his back, putting his faith on you for this, you know, what became a top selling franchise for Marvel. And just being kind of like the start of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, being like the first person to launch it, basically. And being the face of Tony Stark. I mean, it, it took him a lot of guts to play Tony Stark. Like, it's like, and to me, I can't picture anybody else playing Tony Stark besides Robert Downey Jr. And like I said, I will ask him that. And also, too, how it was in the 80s, you know. Because, yeah, I was born in 85, but I didn't see some of his early work until, you know, I was older. And, you know, what he went through, who he hung out with during that time, you know. What influences he had during that time, you know. How he got into acting, you know, during the Brad Pack phase. And like I said... His struggles, you know, with addiction and, you know, how he was able to recover from it. And how he felt now. Of course, yeah, everyone, the obvious question, you know, I'll ask, will he come back as Tony Stark? I know what, you know, what, to me, that's like a, he, I know he said that he don't mind it. Like, he's not closing the door on it. Because I know it wasn't, I listened to him, like, was was it like last year when he was on Rogan last year? And he talked about Rogan, like, and even Rogan asked him, like, same thing, like... Yeah, if he would have going to do it, like... A, like, he, I think he left the door open. But, uh, to me, I think he'll probably come back as a voice or something, because I think... Yeah, it will not be a full-fledged movie. It'd probably be similar to what he's been doing now with the Spider-Man movies, but, like, maybe as like it goes AI or down something? the line. Well, yeah, but, like, as it goes down the line, it just reduces in parts. Just, like... Because like those are easy... Like, those are easy ways for him to still be involved in the arc as far as, like, having, like, the, the AI Jarvis system accessible and it could just be... I mean, that, like voice. I said, with the, with the show Lionheart, that's supposed to come out soon, like, that's... Like, that's easy to write into, I feel like. That's with like Ironheart? Good... Yeah, with Ironheart, because Ruby yeah. Williams, she's going to be the next, like... So I'm curious to see how they will bring him in that, because I know that we got the actress in line. I think supposedly they're saying that she will make an appearance in the Black Panther sequel. Yeah, so it's 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 perfect for them to kind of use, especially right now where people want to see more female representation, and 
and, yeah, I'm just curious if they're gonna have you know T'Challa's sister play Black no, Panther, which even in the comics they did, but right, but they won't. I don't think they will. Which is unfortunate, but I don't think. I don't know a lot of people are gunning for her, like for Sherry to be Black Panther because it makes sense. Cause sister, you know? Yeah, but In the comics, she was Black Panther. I just don't feel like they would. They want to do I mean, I don't know, like, you know, Chadwick Boseman's like, I know right now with the Marvel What If show that's right now on um, Disney Plus, I think there's, uh, he recorded his lines, he recorded that ahead of time for his passing, and people are getting choked up because hearing his voice says, uh, T'Challa, like, well, my last time, basically. Because in What If, if you guys don't know Marvel's What If, it's like a What If, like, scenario. So they have one where if, um, what's her name, uh, Agent Carter becomes, like, you know, she becomes Captain America instead of Steve Rogers. And for T'Challa's case, he got picked up by the Ravagers. So he's with the Guardians of the Galaxy versus Star-Lord, like, instead of Star-Lord. So we'll, we'll talk based on that as soon as we come back and kind of like we want to let you guys know what's a little epic. So we'll be right back. Hey everybody, this episode of Talkin' Pop is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episodes starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience or get more engagement, you're going to check out poddex.com. Make sure you use that special promo code TALKPOP, that's T-A-L-K-P-O-P, for 10% off your first order. Poddex are the hottest new tool for podcasters looking to have more meaningful conversations or Gamefighter Podcast. Simply shuffle up the cards, ask a question, and let the content roll. Get yours today at poddex.com. Once again, that is poddex.com. And make sure to use the promo code TALKPOP, that's T-A-L-K-P-O-P, for 10% off your order. Yeah, so like like I said, going back to that show, it's like, yeah, because like I said, Robert Jr., I would say somebody that I would like that I would love to have a conversation with, you know. Like I said, how you know doing Sherlock Holmes or like doing that series like I said after Iron Man he was able to open up and doing other roles you know like Sherlock Holmes and other works as well but you know like I said that's one of those actors that had a comeback story basically cause I remember watching him when I was a kid he was in Back to School and what? he was in that film Robert and Robert Rodney Dangerfield and stuff but yeah that would probably be one of my choices. My second choice, which honestly pretty much answers for itself, would have been like CM Punk. Even though we only met him briefly at a convention at C2E2, we had him meeting CM Punk for a little bit. But yeah, I would have loved to have an interview with him. Because I mean, seven years being gone by wrestling, but pretty much all the questions that, you know, I was like I said, I was watching the media thing with him and Tony Khan doing the media with AEW, um, which they always do after every show. And a lot, pretty much answers, like, a lot of the reporters were asking the same questions that I was going to ask them. You know, what was your passion? You know, you were burnt out seven years ago. You know, what decided to give you that itch to come back to professional wrestling? Being away for seven years. And he pretty much answered that, but, you know, answering that, like, and, like, how you felt like you felt like doing other projects and, you know... Expanding up on your craft was you. You did comics. You wrote for comics. You do commentary for CFC. Um, then you did films and you did TV shows. Like I'll ask him that. Like how you felt going from like yeah, going from you know your body, you know, and then you know he tried his hand in MMA, like trying to get that game to that shape for MMA. Well, he had to go through 
getting into shape for that. I'll ask CM Punk about that, and like I said, and that's gonna like what brought you back to professional, what brought back your love. And then and it's fine because, like I said, the promo he said, like he said, I left my love for pro wrestling left in 2005, but my my return to pro wrestling was this year, 2021. So that's throwing shade to how he was treated. Like he still has some, somewhat still bitterness towards WWE. How he was used there, he still has a bitterness over to it. But the way he looked, he he looks great. I mean, he kept himself in shape. But like he said, it's gonna take him time for two weeks. That's why he's got a couple weeks to get himself back in shape. But he's gonna make appearances. Yeah. So just get himself in shape. You know, I'm looking forward to all. You know, yeah. Problem is I work today with airs, but I'll probably have to see like the replay or something at a cheaper price. So, but yeah, that'll probably be the second person I will have on a podcast. Just as, like just as ask him, you know, his training regimen, you know, how to keep himself fit, you know, mentality wise, you know, just going into possibly coming back, making a comeback after seven years. So. So what else? Who else would you ask, dude? If you had a chance, like who, like another like person, like another guest on the podcast? Because I know we renamed our two already. <laughs> I would go on Rogan's. Just uh... <laughs> you would go on Rogan. See how it feels. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, just shoot the shit for three hours. Whether it's like get drunk or smoke, well, it'd be cool to talk about random shit about the world, and I think I could offer interesting perspectives on random shit but I I I would like it as as uh and just to see how it like feels to being able to kind of like build that dream from really just like simple hawking like mm-hmm. and, and like being able to fucking do it for so long with people that you don't like for some of them they, he generally knows but there's some that like he'll from what I can gather and understand his format is that like he he doesn't really reach out to these people these, some people like reach out to him like their their managers reach out to him and try to be on the show or it's people that he and then his I think friends like that the he ones knows. that he chooses and the people that he like wants to be on the show like you can tell right away who, who he books for but he says that like there's people who are constantly emailing wanting to be on the show so like I can imagine publicists PR people all these people so like I kind of want to like for him to like build it from small thing into this big behemoth of a platform, for I think it's for good, uh, good free thinking discussion that is very necessary and it just sh- it it does the thing that we won't get from standard television uh, networks that we won't get from um, the government. It's it's pure conversational discussions about shit that we should discuss mm-hmm. or think about um, instead of being so emotionally divisive or or uh, or what uh, he had a recent guest on talk about like she said she read the definition of a bigot and like mm-hmm. which is I, it, it, a lot of people are showing this type of behavior that, that feels like they're not open to having free discussions whether it's on stuff that you don't necessarily agree with or Things that, you know, know about, but like want to seek understanding in them. Oh God! And considering that you have the various 
Hey guys, just let you know, um, yeah, we uh, we just put on a football game right now, and you know it's NFL preseason right now. It's Bears and Bills, and you know, Mitch Trubisky is con- he came he's back in Chicago. He's on the Bills, and apparently he's, kick- he's kicking our butts basically. <laughs> That's gotta feel good. Yeah, uh, I think the channel's acting up, but yeah, go back. Uh, yeah, you know, you're saying about like playing. you know how Rogan gets like the interesting people and stuff and. No, yeah, it's just he he does a good job of that, and he's he's really good at interviewing because like he works at it. So I, I don't know for as much flack as people send him and shit, which I just I think half the time it's not it's people who don't really listen to it and they just kind of take the bits and pieces that they, that happens to get cut and edited throughout the internet and gets flowed away so people can make click money. So yeah, it's like pretty much out of, to- out of context. Well, yeah, and it's I, I understand that too. If you're not the one who want, who or who is able to sit there for three hours and listen or or want to, and that's fine. Like that's pretty standard with anybody who takes bits and pieces of who they think a person is. So it, it's just when it comes to the, a person who posts their content weekly. It's it's funny that they don't take the time to just listen to one, and then like you can kind of get a good sense of where the person's standing or where their head's at if you listen to these, even if it's for an hour. That's why I'm just kind of like sometimes it puzzles me. Like, how do people make friends anymore if they're not willing to sit there and listen to somebody else, even if they don't agree with them? Like, I'm not gonna agree with everything my friends say, but then that's how you keep people around too to challenge your ideas, so you don't think like you're just sitting into one, one uh particular view of one thing mm-hmm. instead of understanding the bigger picture the whole everything that factors into what a complex situations that are happen so i think when it comes to rogan it's it's impressive to see it go from where it started to what it is now and only being someone who kind of followed like i said another person who kind of just listened to what their passions were mm-hmm. and somehow made it work and I think those type of stories inspire me a little more than like uh, some of the I don't know some some other people who use different ways of getting to where they are, and that's fine, right? It's a game at the end of the day. So I just say like I feel like he would be somebody that's good to interview because I honestly never really heard him on other podcasts. I don't really see like when he goes on his friends' podcast, I never really listened to him as a guest. So it's because, he, because you got you got used to him being like well, because like anything, it's the same. It's anything like, I'm gonna hear on another one, like it's like well, like you're listening to like his like podcast. Like I think the only time I've heard him is if he when he was on Joey Diaz's podcast. Yeah. Um, when they're just super stoned out of their minds and mm-hmm. they just talk about random shit. Like I've heard those t- different clips from that. Um, but like yeah, like anything else I want to hear, I'd rather get it to where he's talking to someone that he's interested in. And he's wants to be involved in the in what their dialogue, so, as opposed to like him just shooting the shit. Mm-hmm. I I like I like that better because he's even though he might be shooting the shit on his show, he's still interviewing the, the the guests. He's still trying to just talk with them and get to know them. So I don't know. I feel like being on that show, it's done wonders for a lot of people. I'm not saying it would give me like any benefit, but it'd be fun to go, even if nothing really comes up of it like it'd be fun okay yeah yeah i like yeah i mean that'd be nice like to you know talk to like another person like who does podcasting because it's like yeah because i'd be good because i would say i agree with that i'd probably do the same thing with rogan because it's like i think i didn't get too much of podcasting so i started listening to joe rogan 
then I started listening to Steve Austin as well. But I think another person, yeah, I would like to, you know, interview Steve Austin, you know. Like I said, somebody that, you know, I watched. Wow. Somebody that I watched, you know, wrestling and stuff. And how it's great when he brings, you know, he brings guys that he worked with in the industry. He'll bring, like, comedians. He'll bring, like, people that he worked with or, you know, people in the indies that, you know, he hear about. He'll bring in, like, athletes. He'll bring UFC people, like, people from all walks of life. Like, Austin pretty much talks, you know, he does his research, too, because he's, like, finds out, like, certain things about him. About his guests and stuff. And it's kind of cool. Um, or when he does the stuff for WWE. When he has like the whole Broken Skull sessions. Where he's allowed to do like a shoot interview. With a lot of the talent that's on there. Because I think he's doing one with Bobby Lashley. I think is his latest one he done. But he did the two with the, like, the ones with Undertaker. Those were, were great. The two he did with Taker. Because it's like Undertaker was one of the last like you know. Guys. Who kept the kayfabe you know. Kept the character you know. Doesn't didn't do any didn't do interviews outside of wrestling. Kept it in character, so he never like he never was able he never like talked about in the business. And then of course when Taker retired, now you see Undertaker doing a lot of interviews and stuff, doing podcast interviews. Because he was on Rogan and stuff after he retired, he was on Rogan for it. he talked about like you know, what he went through and stuff. Oh and yeah, it was on there. He was on Rogan and stuff like to me like. That's like I see. Also, I was like, that's somebody I would like like to talk about because, you know, he had to retire because of injuries. You know, but you can tell he still loved professional wrestling, and I think he felt the same way too. Like I think creative wise, he got sacked a little bit creative wise as well, and then he got burned out in two thousand two, and of course he came back in two thousand three, and then of course he would wrestle a couple matches, and he had to force to retire because you know, based on his complications from his neck and stuff, and then of course his knees. He couldn't have kept going at the same pace he could have kept going, but, you know, that's somebody I would say I would like to interview will be like Steve Austin, you know, see, you know, how he got into podcasting, you know, what his, like, you know, how he prepares for an episode, you know, who he reaches out to or his, like, publicist reaches out to, how he does his research and stuff, you know, his whole process of podcasting, because like I said, I think he was one of the first wrestlers to start a podcast, you know, post, you know, competing. So that's somebody that I would love to interview pretty much. Like I said, I grew up watching Steve Austin wrestle, and I occasionally listen to podcasts. I know, like, now with the pandemic and stuff, I know he's been, like, limiting when he does episodes because of pandemic and stuff. But when he does uh, the Brooklyn School Sessions or WWE, that's, like, the only thing I like watching was when he does, like, the interviews. When he does, like, the shoot interviews, which is, like, a straight up. You talk about everything, like, how did he did growing up and all that stuff. So you gotta watch the two with Taker, dude. That was really great. Like, understand talking about you know growing up in Texas and stuff, and you know how he wanted to get into business and stuff. He's got one with Ric Flair, um, with Goldberg. He's got one with Big Show, Mark Henry, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's good seeing you know them like you know talking stuff outside of business and you know, what they had to go through growing up. So I would say that'll be to me like. No, one other person I will interview. But Rogan, I would definitely will like to interview Rogan as well. And, yeah, so. Uh, on that note, like, I know, who else will you interview? I don't know. I, I can't think of anyone else. No. Okay. So, any watching anything else like, right, lately or... I know there's been much of weekly news, but like I said, that to me it was like the CM Punk was like the only thing that was exciting right now. Uh, uh, no, only I haven't seen 
much of much of anything. The only thing I saw was the last time we watched the we watched the Sandra Bullock movie on Netflix from the nineties. That was fucking cheesy. But actually, I didn't want to say it because it, it's on. It's called The Net. It's the on, Net. It's on. It's from nineteen ninety five. It's the Sandra Bullock. Um, it's uh, it's corny, but like it actually has a lot of good subliminals of what what we're facing today. Just how easy. Um, because it, it shows like how you things to be very rationally cautious about when it comes to the internet. Hmm. Um, but obviously since it being ninety five and people getting more PCs in their home daily and like, uh, it it, it kind of displayed how pe- different people you know work with the computer and the internet. And she's a hacker, like she she works with a with a hacker firm or like a firm that pays her to find the bugs and work out for like video games and shit like that and then she gets a disc from a co-worker of hers that she oh she was like a game tester basically no she's not she's this very highly skilled hacker that this this video game firm hires her for to, to look for to hack into the game so that they can she can tell them what they're fucking up with basically mm. but she hacks into different things I thought but the disc had a virus on it the disc did yeah um and so her co-worker calls her one day and says, like, hey, I, did you get the disc I sent you? She, he FedExed her a, a, a video game disc of this game where he's working on mm-hmm. at the firm. And she's like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. It seems to be that, like, their work relationship is very, like, very close. Like, they're very, like, they're keen with each other. Like, they, they know each other well, all that. So she takes the disc. Uh, she's testing it out, running it through, but, like, there's secret gateways that she clicks on through that like kind of exposes her to I from what we can what we find out in the movie I don't want to like too spoil it too much it's somewhat of a corrupted disc that of shit that she shouldn't have seen mm. and there's this other rival Skynet type of organization that's trying <laughs> to fucking find this disc you know your typical typical story plots that are used um, but in this case like Sandra Bullock's you know, getting ready to take a vacation that she's been working hard for. She shows how stressed she's been. Like, I'm getting ready to fucking fuck off on my vacation. Everyone leave me alone. But this last disc, the, the this disc that her coworker needed her to check out. Like, he was flying to her to meet her too. Wow. Because okay. th- that's how important this shit was. So mm. we've we watched this movie. It's like way too long. It's like two hours, two hours on minutes, right? Holy cow! It's oh no, wait. Was it two hours? Excuse me. Uh, no, it's like... Yeah, it's about two, almost two hours. Yeah. Okay. Um, but you go on this... It, it turns into this Taken style, like... Uh, this Taken style ride of, of her trying to, like, get her life to back, to back and also deal with how the internet fucked with her life. And, and it's... it's there's You gotta see it because it's, it's very much... Um, a good example of how the internet can fuck with people's lives now mm-hmm. or how ever how interconnected our physical lives and realities are to the internet and what it is today so like from a movie that was made in 1995 to 20 fast forward to 2021 it's like it's it's creepy to see that uh, even of how outdated the movie is mm-hmm. um but i mean it starts Sandra Bullock. it's definitely entertaining 95 <laughs> Yeah, that's ninety-five. So like, it's it's definitely very cringy, but at the same time, it's got some merit. It's, it's entertaining. Uh, it, it's funny at certain parts. 
But man, like it's it's uh, I'm I'm surprised I never heard of it. That's why like it's definitely a movie I'm I've never yeah it's, never thought it's, you'd be in. I think was it like I think before I was watching Rampage last night. I think on TNT they were showing the accountant with like Ben Affleck and Anna Kendrick. I'm like, what? Yeah. Those two were in the movie together? Yeah. It's like you don't see. I don't know. It's because the that's way the they guy, do marketing. That's the guy who does the. Uh, he's accountant for like the cartel. He just doesn't uh, know it. Like he's working for a shell company that's doing deals with like the fucking cartel, and he doesn't. Yeah, because I was waiting for AEW Rampage to start, yeah. and I'm like, oh, it's like ten minutes left, and all of a sudden, I'm like, oh shit, Ben Affleck and Anna Kendrick, like two people that I never thought would be in a movie together. So I love Anna Kendrick, and I'm like, wow, I'm like, they kind of, I'm like, I'm surprised this didn't, didn't get hype in theaters. I'm like, I don't know, probably it did. It probably just didn't like either last that much in the box office, or I don't know, but uh, I was. I think it was a good movie. Hmm. The Accountant. It's Ben Affleck. So. It's Ben Affleck. <laughs> it's Ben Affleck. I can't imagine it did bad. No, it probably was decent. I don't know. I mean, it probably somewhat did decent. Oh. Um, yeah, because... I don't know. Right now, like, movie-wise, like I said, I haven't... Since the Suicide Squad, I haven't seen any films. I've been, like... I've been, like... Try... Been reading manga more right now. Then anime as well, which is kind of weird, but because you know I got so like all the new manga, new animators out for this season right now, and I don't know, it's just I've been reading more manga right now. I've been reading um, the Devil is a Part Timer, <laughs> basically that's what the manga is called, and it's an anime too. Like they made an anime of the first season, but they made a twelve episode anime version, and they announced the second season, somewhat this year. I don't know when, either this year or next year, but. I started reading the manga of it, and it's like, it's really good. It's a good premise, like, because basically it's like, this is like world called Into Isla, where basically the humans are trying to survive against a demon army, and, you know, um, Satan, like Lord Satan, he's, his name is Mal Satan, basically, um, pretty much, um, he's a, he's a demon king, and he gets, uh, his, his forces getting overwhelmed by the hero faction led by Amelia. She's the, like a half human, half angel. She has like the divine powers. In the last ditch effort, he ends up opening this gate, which pretty much um, transports him and his right hand man, um, Asiel, to pretty much to Japan. <laughs> pretty much, they get stranded in Japan, and basically they try to survive in Japan. And they found they get turned into humans. They're, they lose their demonic powers, like in human form. And they're trying to, like, pretty much, pretty much survive in Japan to the point he's working part-time at basically, it's basically a McDonald's, but in the anime they call it McDonald's, but it's basically a McDonald's. And he's working part-time, so he's only getting, like, a thousand yen an hour, which is about, like, ten something, in ten twenty-two, twenty ten twenty-five US, like, basically, like, ten bucks an hour. And he's, like, working hard, like, they live in, like, a single-room apartment. Because in Japan, like some Japan apartments are, it's like one room. So you got the kitchen in there. You got you still got a toilet and you got your closet, but you just got this one room. So it's him and his like his basically his servant who he's passing off as his friend. and he's like basically at home and he's trying to research to find out a way they can get back to the island. And he's like I said, he's working at the McDonald's. They call it McDonald's, which is basically McDonald's, and making money and trying to survive on a really low budget. 
And he finds out he's not the only one there from the the world he came from. So he finds out that the the hero's there, and she gets following him, and she ends up working at a basically like a call center for like a cell phone company. And she ends up finding him, and basically she wants to stop, and nothing but to take him down. But of course, both of them being somewhat powerless because they're in the real world. It's kind of like a comedy. It's kind of like a reverse isekai, which is basically isekai, is basically Japanese for another world. But normally, when it comes to these things, you see the person from the regular world gets transported to a fantasy world. This is one of those weird cases where it's like a reverse. So now it's like all the fantasy characters are in the real world, basically. But it's funny. The manga's really good. I mean, it's right now the point I'm at reading the point where basically I'm pretty much ahead of the anime but I started watching the anime I think I left off episode 2 I'm watching Japanese because I remember watching it dub wise and I thought it was kind of cheesy I think because of the dub but I heard about when Crunchyroll announced that they're coming for another season for it or something they, the creators said they're making another season I guess it got enough like because it was a light novel, but I read the manga version of it. And what's cool about the manga version of it, they get to add stuff that they can't add that was in the light novel because now every person has a voice. So I started reading it, and like it's getting really good, and hopefully they adapt it into the anime. And now I'm going back and watching it. I, like I said, I still got to catch on it. But I'm pretty much past that point where the first anime season pretty much like pretty much leaves off. And like I said, the manga... It's really good. Like I said, that's all I've been doing. Just like reading manga. I'm catching up with My Hero Academia right now, manga-wise. So I'm almost at the point where everybody is right now. Um, I know they just, at the time of this recording, they already have a new episode right now for it. Um, definitely need to catch up on that. But yeah, the net. Okay. But yeah, for right now, that's what I'm doing right now. It's just, I've just been reading manga and, you know, just read, just trying to read more, basically. <laughs> I'm try, just trying to read more. But I definitely will go back and watch. I mean, I think I was also watching regular show. That's on HBO Max and Hulu. Just because it has, like, so much, like, 80s music and stuff and 90s music. But it's something you could probably watch over and over again. Of course, you know, Adventure Time's on there as well. Um, yeah. So, yeah, pretty much, pretty much checking that stuff out. So, if you guys want to check out my manga reading right now... Um, when I'm reading, that's what I'm currently reading right now. It's um, the Devil is a Part Timer. You can get a light novel version, but there's also the manga version if you want. Read the light novel, but if you want more context to the story, definitely get the manga adaptation. Which Dark Work is great. Um, then Lean, like I said, it follows the light novels very closely, and I like the art style. And definitely check out the anime. I believe it's on. Hulu and Funimation, I believe. I think it's on Netflix. I'm not sure. But look it up. It's called Devil is a Part-Timer. And check out... Well, Biko Saw, check out The Net starring Sandra Bullock that's on Netflix. So check it out. And like I said, check out AEW Wrestling. Check AEW. You can check them on YouTube. You can check out Dark Elevation. You know, um, check out Being the Elite, which is like the show they do like a weekly... I'll say not like a... Look at an exaggerated vlog following like the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. They've been doing it for years. But now they have more people from their AEW family in there. Um, definitely check that out as well. I believe that's on Mondays. But check out AEW Dynamite. I know we're not being sponsored by AEW, but if you'd like to, that'd be great. Because um, I think that'd be another person, another group to interview would be the Young Bucks. You know, two brothers who pretty much wrestle together. So check that out. So definitely check that out. 
And I think um, that'll be a good um, stopping point for this week's episode. Um, you can follow the podcast on at Pop Talking on Twitter. Um, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash talkingpop. If you want to follow me on Twitch, um, it's twitch.tv slash franchise 685. Well, I think our anchor, who is our main sponsor, but also our other sponsor, Poddex, as well for sponsoring the podcast. Um, make sure to check them out as well. Um, you can check them out at poddex.com. Just make sure to use that promo code TALKPOP at checkout. You see yourself about 10% off your purchase. Um, like I said, you can check out our merch store at spring.com. Search for Talking Pop. And we got like shirts out there. I, we got the, I think we've got the, the new Talking Pop shirt, the logo, the new updated logo shirt on there as well. We do have mugs. We got tank tops because it's freaking warm outside. Um, check that out as well. And like I said, if you're watching wrestling tonight at, at this recording, don't forget, check out SummerSlam. It's going to be airing on Peacock here in the U.S. and WWE Network, whatever, and outside of the U.S. Um, thanks so much for joining us this week. We'll see you guys again next Saturday. As always, geek on and take care.